I do trust and pray that you all doing well. I know that God has caused his face to shine upon us. And for that, we thank him for his grace and for his mercy. Let us bow in a quick moment of prayer, and then we'll dive into the word for the day. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your transcendence and your remnants. We honor you for being who you are. We ask you, God, that you will open up our hearts to be able to receive your word, open up our minds to be able to understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to look at Matthew chapter 5. Uh, verses number 14 through 16, Matthew 5, verses number 14 through 16. And I want to talk to you from the from the heading, from the subject of the characteristics of those who carry the light. I know that's a long title. Um, <laughs> the characteristics of those who carry the light. I think it's important in this uh, particular social climate, this particular theological climate, this particular political climate, uh, that we as the body of Christ uh, understand who we are uh, and our role uh, in the earth. So let's look at Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses number 14 through 16. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, the Bible uh, records this. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So I want to talk about the characteristics of those who carry the light. The first things first is if we call ourselves Christians, if we call ourselves children of God, followers of Christ, uh, then we have a charge. Uh, we have a mandate uh, to carry this light. Uh, we have a burden, if you will, uh, to carry uh, the light that God uh, has given us. I think it's important that we uh, highlight uh, that uh, although we're in Matthew, uh, we look at uh, the other Gospels and look at the Gospel of John we can see a description of what this light uh, entails. Uh, in John's gospel, um, the, the light uh, that is in the gospel of John uh, is refers to Jesus's revelation of God, uh, which calls all men to accountability. Right. Uh, light, as we see it in the gospel of John, uh, is Jesus's revelation of God. And it causes all men uh, to accountability. As a matter of fact, uh, let's read that. Let's go to John uh, chapter 1. A uh, very familiar passage of scripture. John 1 uh, describes that light. And it describes uh, Jesus, Jesus being the revelation of God. And that particular light uh, calls all humankind uh, to the age of accountability. And so uh, John 1 uh, verse number... Uh, five. We can look at that. John one, verse number five, actually verse number four says in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse six says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so John describes Jesus uh, as being the light, as being the revelation of God, uh, which brings and, and, and calls all individuals uh, to accountability. It, it places our sin uh, on the carpet. It places our humanness, if you will, uh, on the carpet. And it calls all of us to uh, accountability. All right. So uh, in dealing with the uh, characteristics of those who carry the light, uh, the first thing we must realize is that light carriers must be visible. Okay. Light carriers must be visible. That's the first characteristic of those of us who are charged with carrying the light. We must be visible. Okay. Uh, understand darkness cannot eliminate light, but light eliminates darkness. Okay. So we have to make sure that we are not hid. All right. The Bible says that you are, you're not supposed to hide the light, that you are the light of the world and that we are not supposed to be hidden. Okay. Uh, darkness cannot eliminate light, but light eliminates darkness where there is darkness uh, then there is no light okay but once light has produced darkness ceases to exist all right where there is darkness there is no light uh, but once light is produced darkness ceases to exist even when we look at uh, Genesis chapter 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But once God stepped on the scene and said, let there be light, light came and dispatched or dispatched, if you will, uh, the darkness. Right. So where there is darkness, there is no light. Uh, but once light is produced, darkness ceases to exist. The smallest amount of light eliminates the thickest darkness. Okay, the smallest amount of light eliminates the thickest darkness. Right. That is why it is so important uh, that we as light carriers must be visible, because despite how dark it is, our little speck of light uh, can eliminate uh, the darkness uh, that it, that is surround that that surrounds it. Right. So our us carrying the light uh, is important. Uh, despite how small our light may be uh, and despite how thick the darkness is, once we come on the scene as light barriers, as light carriers or light bearers, light carriers, uh, then uh, we can eliminate uh, that source of darkness uh, in that particular realm. All right. So why? There's a question that we have to answer here. Why do we have to be visible? Why do we have to be visible? There's two reasons. There's a, a macro level and then there's a micro level. Uh, on the macro level, the grand scheme of things, the world needs the gospel. Okay, The world needs the gospel and we must be in place to deliver. The world needs the gospel. That is, that is the issue 
of the day is that the world does not have the gospel or rather the world has not received the gospel. And that is why we must be in place as light carriers. We have to position ourselves strategically to be carriers of the light and present the light that God has entrusted to us and charged us to bear. All right. The world needs the gospel. The people on your job needs the gospel. The people at your school needs the gospel. The people in your church needs the gospel. Okay. The world needs the gospel. And God, uh, with his divine providence, has strategically placed us in position to express the light that he has given us. All right. So we are in strategic places in the earth and God is using our positions. God is using our location uh, to bring forth the light to individuals who otherwise would not see the light if you were not around. All right. The world needs the gospel. So we have to be visible. Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20 says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. All right. So we have a charge uh, to, to carry that light uh, to the ends of the earth. All right. To teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever God has commanded us. And in order for us to teach, we have to carry the light wherever we go. Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Notice what Acts says. God has given us power, power for what power to carry the light, power to be witnesses. All right. That is why God anoints. That is why God sanctions. That is why God allows and permits is because he expects us to carry the light with diligence. All right. We are. He doesn't just give us power just to give us power. The power that he gives us is for us to be witnesses of his light. All right. He said, I'm giving you power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you so that you can be witnesses unto me. All right. So that you can be witnesses. That is why he grants unto us the power. That is why he is given the treasure in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The power doesn't belong to us. Right. The power is not for our glory. The power is not uh, for us to stroke our ego, but the power is for us to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. All right. So on a macro level, why can we not be hid? Why do we must be visible? Why, why must we be, why must we be visible? It is because the world needs the gospel. All right. Now, let's 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 scale it back and let's dial in a little bit. Let's look at it from a micro level. Why do we have to be visible? Because on the micro level, 
our families need the gospel and we must be in place to deliver. All right. Our families need the gospel and we must be in place to deliver. All right. Sometimes we get so caught up in trying to win the world that we neglect, we neglect our families. <laughs> Sometimes we are so caught up in uh, preaching to the nations, teaching out, reaching out to the nations and teaching the nations that we forget to reach out to our brothers and our sisters. We forget to reach out to our children. We forget to reach out to our spouses. We, f- we forget to teach those who are closest around us. Our families need the gospel despite how long they've been saved despite how long they've been in church our families need the gospel and we must be in place to deliver right so that is why we cannot be hid because we have a charge and god just like he has strategically placed us in professional settings has strategically placed us amongst our kindred hallelujah God has strategically birthed us. God has strategically created us and and purposed us to be amongst our kindred. All right. And so our families need the gospel and we must be in place to deliver at the risk of repeating. Don't be such in a rush to save the world that you neglect your family. (laughs) It's interesting how many people claim that they are called to the nations. But what about your family? Right. What about those who are closest to you? Make sure uh, that those who are closest to you also see that light that you're carrying. Hallelujah. Those who are closest to you uh, should see the light before the world sees it. There should not be any separation uh, between the ecclesiastical and the domestic. All right. There should not be any separation between the ecclesiastical and the domestic. What does that mean? Ecclesiastical meaning church. There should not be any separation between what we see in church and what your family sees at home. Hallelujah. There should not be any separation. There should not be any distinction between uh, what we see outside and what your family sees at home. Because many people claim to shine the light in the church, shine the light in the marketplace, shine the light in the corporate world, but are failing at shining the light in their homes. All right. So there's a macro level. There's a micro level. The macro is to win the world. Right. <laughs> to to witness to the world. Rather, that's a better term to witness to the world. Uh, and the micro level is to witness to the family. All right. So secondly, Light carriers must not be boxed in. This is the second characteristic of the light carrier. The light carrier must not be boxed in. We cannot be placed under a bushel. God has not given us this light uh, so that we can hide the light. He has given us the light so that we can shine the light. All right. So uh, we cannot be boxed in. We cannot be, first off, limited by societal confines. We cannot be limited by societal confines. 
There is a message that must be preached and we cannot let society tell us how and when and where to preach that message. There is a message. There is something. There is a there is good news that we have that we cannot allow society to place our light under a bushel and place us in a box. All right. Society cannot tell us how to preach. The culture cannot tell us and influence our preaching and our teaching. We have to adopt the mindset of no compromise. Type that in the chat box. Uh, no compromise. Text somebody. No compromise. All right. We can compromise on what we want to eat for dinner. We can compromise on, on where we want to go to watch a movie. We can compromise on a whole lot of other things. But one thing we cannot compromise on is the word of God, the message of God. We cannot compromise. We cannot be bound and confound by societal confines. All right. So we cannot let the world dictate how we shine the light. We cannot let the world dictate how we shine the light. We have the good news. Hallelujah. We have the good news. We are the bearers and the carriers of the good news. And we cannot let the world, cannot let society tell us how, when, and where we can shine our light. No compromise. Secondly, we cannot be limited by personal confines, right? We cannot be limited by personal confines. Some of our greatest limitations have been placed on us by ourselves. Sometimes we place the greatest limitations on ourselves. We're not even restricted by society, but we restrict ourselves. <laughs> In order to be an effective light carrier, we have to get over the notion, get over the fact that we are imperfect carriers of the light. We got to get over it. We have to get over the fact that we are imperfect. We have to get over the fact that we uh, make mistakes. We have to get over the fact that we fall short. We will never be perfect enough to carry this light. No matter how many I's we dot, no matter how many T's we cross, we're still going to misspell some words. We will never be perfect enough to carry his light. Never. We'll never be perfect enough to carry his light. What holds us back sometimes are not the opinions of others, but it's the opinions that we have about ourselves. Hallelujah. What holds us back is not the opinions of others. Oftentimes, it's the opinions that we have of ourselves. This is that same spirit that was in the mind of Moses when God told him to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And the first thing Moses did was start offering excuses. Lord, I am slow of speech. 
right? I, I, he said, I, I, I'm not able to speak eloquently. And we, we give we do Moses a disservice because we always talk about he had a stutter. Uh, I'm not sure that that's, the Bible doesn't say anything about a stutter. Now, the Bible says that he said that I, I'm not eloquent in speech. He says, I'm slow to speech, slow to speak, right? I'm not eloquent in speech and, I, and I, I'm slow in my speech. In essence, Moses is saying, uh, I'm not able to put my words together. I'm not able uh, to to do what you've called me to do. I, I don't think that I'm able uh, to be able to to witness to a crowd. I don't think that I'm able to be able to put my words together and, and make them eloquent. I'm not eloquent of speech. I, I don't have the gift of gab. And so sometimes we place our own selves in a box when God has given us permission to shine. Hallelujah. We cannot continue to box our own selves up. All right. So we cannot be limited by personal confines. We have to understand that the same God who called us is the same God who's going to equip us. Hallelujah. The same God who calls us is the same God who will equip us. If God has called us to a work, he will equip us. All right. If God calls you to a work, he will equip you, equip you or place you in the path to be equipped, to find the equipment. Hallelujah. God uh, will equip those whom he calls. Okay. Thirdly, we cannot be limited by traditional confines. First thing we cannot be limited by is societal confines. Secondly, cannot be limited by uh, uh, personal confines. And thirdly, we cannot be limited by traditional confines. All right. We have to examine what has been handed down to us through the years. We have we have to examine what has been handed down to us through the years from generation to generation. Uh, we we cannot be in a rush to dismiss something because we are not familiar with it. All right. We cannot be in a rush to dismiss something because we are not familiar with it. Just because you're not used to it doesn't mean God is not using it. All right, let me say that again. Just because you're not used to it does not mean God is not using it. All right, I throw myself in there. Just because we're not used to it does not mean God is not using it. We have to understand that some of our traditional methods have eliminated the effectiveness of God's word because we have sanctified certain pagan practices and we have paganized certain sanctified practices and our ability to witness have become powerless. Hallelujah. Some of our traditional methods have eliminated the effectiveness of God's word. Not because God's word is invalid, but because of us, because we have sanctified pagan practices. 
And we've paganized sanctified practices, thus limiting the witness and, and making the witness that we have powerless to this generation of people. Hallelujah. Because of our inability to change and adapt, we have alienated and ostracized an entire generation of souls. Hallelujah. Because of our inability to change, because of our inability to adapt, we have alienated an entire generation of souls. Let me say that again, because sometimes the emphasis is placed on people, <laughs> placed on money. No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying. Because of our inability to adapt and change, we have alienated an entire generation of souls. And the blood is going to be required of us. The blood is dripping from the hands of the church. Because of our inability to change, because of our inability to adapt, we have alienated an entire generation of souls and our hands are dripping with blood. Hallelujah. The Christian sociologist George Barner says the culture changes every four years. The church changes every 20 years if you're lucky the culture changes every four years and the church changes every 20 years if you're lucky which means by this logic the world is five times ahead of the church in technology and advancement did you hear me the culture changes every four years. The world changes every, I mean, sorry, the, the, the culture changes every four years. The church changes every 20 years, which means by this logic, the world is five times ahead of most local churches and assemblies in technology and advancement. Hallelujah. Most local churches and assemblies are five times behind the culture and the world in technology and advancement. We have alienated an entire generation of souls because we don't want to change. Hallelujah. Mark 7 verse 13 says, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered in many such things you do. Mark, the Bible says you make the word of God of none effect through your tradition, through the vain tradition, through those things that are handed down from generation to generation that has no power and has no fruit. Now, am I saying that everything that's handed down from generation to generation as powerless, God forbid. Am I saying that everything handed down from generation to generation has no fruit? God forbid. But there are some things that's been handed down from generation to generation, from generation 
to generation that is tradition and is powerless and God has not sanctioned it. We need innovation. Put that in the chat. We need innovation. That's what we need. We need innovation. We need a revival of our souls and a revival of our technology. <laughs> we need a revival of our souls and a revival of our technology. We need innovation. Thirdly, like carriers must be humble. This is the third characteristic of those who carry the light. And the first two, uh, first one uh, was the light carriers must be visible and we cannot be hid. And we talked about dealing with uh, the world and our family. Secondly, the light carriers must not be boxed in, right? Cannot be placed under a bushel, no compromise. And the third way, uh, the third characteristic is that light carriers must be humble that they may see your good works and glorify the father hallelujah that they may see your good works and glorify the father we realize that the light that we are carrying we did not create it <laughs> humble light carriers realize that the light that we're carrying we did not create it. Therefore, we do not own it. It is not our light. Our ministry as Christians should function like the moon rather than the sun. Let me say it again. Our ministry as Christians should function like the moon rather than the sun. Why is that? Because the moon has no light of her own. The moon is a reflection of the sun. Okay. So our ministry as Christians, we should function like the moon, not the sun. The moon does not have her own light, but the moon is a reflection of the sun. Likewise, we have no light of our own. We are only a reflection of the true light. We have no light of our own. We are only a reflection of the true light. It is not about us. It is not about us. It is all about God. That men may see your good works and glorify the Father, which is in heaven. Not so that people can uplift you. Not so that people can uplift your name and praise you. We shine the light, not so that we can get the glory. We shine the light so that God may get the glory. Hallelujah. That men may see our good works. That we're not hiding our good works. We do our good works so that Men see our good words and then glorify the Father in heaven. Our work should bring glory to our Father in heaven. Now, this is not a contradiction to Matthew 6, 1, 
where it says, take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. Verse two says, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do, that they may have glory of men. Right. It's not a contradiction because the operative word phrases here is sound a trumpet and glory of men. True light barriers, uh, barriers, true light bearers do not do things for people to recognize them. <laughs> true light bearers do not do things so that people can recognize them, but rather our desire is that God receive all the glory. <laughs> our desire is that God receives the glory and the honor for the light that we are carrying. The honor and praise does not belong to us. It does not belong to us. The honor and the praise belongs to God. <laughs> we are just the vehicle and the vessel that he uses. All right. So we function like the moon. The light is not ours. We just reflect what's shining on us. Hallelujah. And because we function like the moon, we cannot expect sun results. May I help you here. Because we function like the moon, we cannot expect sun results. The sun eliminates darkness completely. But the moon shines in the mist of the darkness. The moon does not eliminate darkness. The sun eliminates darkness. The moon does not eliminate darkness. One downfall that many Christians have is that we get discouraged when people do not receive our message. First of all, it's not our message, it's God's message. We get so discouraged when people don't receive what God has entrusted to our care. We feel as if we fail God and that we failed our assignment. But hear me, only Jesus can completely eliminate darkness. <laughs> our job is to witness our job is not to save. We don't have that ability. We don't possess that sovereignty. We don't possess that power to save. Our job is to witness. And Christ saves. Hallelujah. Because only Jesus can completely eliminate darkness. And the sad reality is that everybody did not and everybody will not receive him. And so if everybody did not and will not receive him, why do we think everybody's going to receive us? Our job is to be the light in the midst of the darkness. That's our job. Be light, be the light in the midst 
of the darkness. Just shine. Reflect the light of the sun. Reflect the light of God. Shine in the midst of darkness. Shine in the midst of your chaos. Shine in the midst of your circumstance. Shine. Hallelujah. In the midst of your darkness. That even as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, shine. You know what's amazing about uh, Psalms 23 and that particular scripture? That as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because the Lord is with me. How did he know that the Lord was with him in the valley? Because he says he's walking through the shadow of death, right? So I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In order for something to have a shadow, that means light has to be present. <laughs> so David says, I'm not worried about walking through this valley of the shadow of death because it's a shadow. I know that light is somewhere around. <laughs> and who's that light? God is our light. So even in the midst of your darkness, trust God. Hallelujah. So continue to shine. Continue to do what God has called you to do. Continue to operate in the earth in the manner in which God has called you to operate in. So what is the characteristics of those who carry the light? Uh, we cannot be hid. Right. We have to we have to share uh, the light to the world. All right. We have to be visible. That's number one. Secondly, we cannot be boxed in, not by society, not personally and not traditionally. All right. And thirdly, we must be humble. The light is not ours. The light doesn't belong to us. It is not our light. We are shining the light. We're reflecting the light of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your sincere hope and desire in us. We ask you, O oh God, that you would continue to shine your light upon us, that we may continue to shine and reflect the light uh, that you're shining on us. Father, we need your guidance. We need your strength. We need your spirit. We ask you, Lord, that you would allow us to be who you called us to be, to operate in, in the realm that you've called us to operate in. And God, we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you for covering us. We thank you for protecting us. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue to shine the light that God has shined on us or reflect the light that God has shined on us. May heaven smile upon you. God bless you. Hey, the name will